It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm breaking down the NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. You can check out what we have there coming out of free agency, a little bit more draft stuff there. We'll have all that updated here at the end of the week and going into next week. So looking forward to talking more draft here on Locked On Fantasy Football as well. But we're still dealing with the fallout of free agency here in the NFL so we've been doing a series here in the offseason, catching up on the depth charts before the draft, and uh, we're up to wide receiver now. So we've looked at running back and tight end, the way they stood when we broke them down. Now wide receiver, most of the big moves have been made. The one player that uh, we're still looking for a home that is notable is Odell Beckham Jr. So otherwise, a lot of teams have uh, changed their courses here, and uh, big things have happened in the AFC, looking at the AFC West. So that uh, is definitely an interesting division with Tyreek Hill leaving and Devontae Adams entering. So the Chiefs lose Hill in a trade and the Raiders acquire Adams in a trade. So those are among the big things we'll talk about here on today's show. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available for you on all platforms. All right, we will do what we usually do when we cover a whole conference, and that means we'll go in alphabetical order from the Baltimore Ravens to the Tennessee Titans. We'll come back tomorrow and do that with the Arizona Cardinals through the Washington Commanders looking at the NFC wide receiver depth chart. So let's dive right in. There's a lot to talk about here. The Ravens are one team pretty much looks the same from what we had at the end of last year. You have uh, Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman. Bateman was a first-round pick last year, so you don't think the Ravens are going to go in that direction again. And Bateman looked pretty good when he was healthy and got on the field. He had his moments. Uh, they're both of them, uh, Brown and Bateman, Hollywood and Rashad, kind of uh, cooled off down the stretch there. It was the Mark Andrews show. A lot of his the quarterback situation was a little bit all over the board here for the Ravens in terms of uh, Lamar Jackson's availability. They had to go to Tyler Huntley here, so... Some things that these wide receivers had to adjust to. They did have some big games. The Ravens' defense struggled a little bit more than expected. That means the passing volume for Jackson got bumped up. So they had their moments. Bateman was not usable in most games. He had a little bit of wide receiver three, two value in some streaming situations. Marquise, uh, I think, exceeded all expectations of his production because we were kind of uh, been tempered uh, to keeping his wide receiver three. He kind of fell off there down the stretch. But overall... Him and Lamar Jackson, good to chemistry. And Brown's also a first-round pick, so you've invested quite a bit there if you're the Ravens. Now, they have had a lot of other wide receivers they've drafted. Devin Duvernay has been more of the special teams return guy. Technically, he's their number three. They also have James Prochet, Tylen Wallace, Miles Boykin is on the verge of being cut here. So 
they're definitely going forward with Brown and Bateman in key roles. And when you have your top three receivers, you work them in with Andrews. So not much changing there for Lamar Jackson as he looks for a new contract and gets his weapons aligned here in 2022. Let's go to the Buffalo Bills. This is a team that has some changes. We know that Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator, is out. So he's now with the Giants, and we'll see what that team's wide receiver depth chart looks like tomorrow. But looking at uh, Diggs, Stefan is the lead here by far, but changes behind him. Emmanuel Sanders left in free agency. They're not going to bring him back. They also cut Cole Beasley. There was a good reason to move on from Sanders. He's getting older, didn't really produce last year, but Gabriel Davis really came on there at the end of the season in the playoffs. He's legitimately looking like a upside wide receiver 3-2 borderline here. Just for the big arm of Josh Allen, he kind of emerged here as the target that is ideal to complement Diggs because they can move around Diggs. He's a great runner, good hands, can make a lot of big plays all over the field, but Davis is also a field stretcher, excellent red zone target as well. So really they have an excellent one-two punch here for Josh Allen. Again, why Josh Allen has a lot of appeal still as the top quarterback on the board with his passing ceiling and his running floor. They replaced Cole Beasley with Jamison Crowder. So Crowder stays in the division. He leaves the Jets who um, continue with Braxton Berrios in the slot. So we'll get to them in a minute, but... You look at Crowder and his value, couldn't stay healthy last year, and that was the biggest issue. But going back to his time in Washington, he's a pretty valuable slot receiver. He's actually a pretty good scorer in short area as well. So that's good here. So I think he's an upgrade overall from Beasley when healthy. We know Beasley was getting a little bit older, a little bit pedestrian. I think Crowder has a little bit more juice. Still a short area receiver here, but definitely I like the changes here going forward. You have Isaiah McKenzie coming in, uh, so... Probably more that uh, hybrid uh, kind of gadget role there for him as number four in the depth chart. And Jake Kubaro, remember him, uh, the, apparently the guy that uh, made Aaron Rodgers upset when the Packers moved on from him. He's hanging on here as their number five before the draft. All right, let's go to the AFC reigning champion Bengals here as we go from Baltimore to Buffalo to Cincinnati. We know who their number one is. It's still Jamar Chase, the first round pick from last year. He had an outstanding rookie season. T. Higgins, an excellent follow-up campaign there as a sophomore working with Joe Burrow as well. So he locked in as a wide receiver too. Tyler Boyd had some good wide receiver three production. Now they changed things up a little bit behind them last year. You have uh, Mike Thomas, a different Michael Thomas there as the fourth receiver. No more Auden Tate. He's uh, moved on here, and we'll get to uh, where he is uh, as we break down these depth charts. We also have Stanley Morgan. That name is familiar. He's the kid from uh, Nebraska whose uh, father played there for the Patriots, notable receiver. And they also have Trent Taylor. Remember him? He had a little bit of moment in the return game in the Super Bowl, the former 49er. So he's kind of a backup slot. So basically they have Thomas Morgan Taylor can fill in some of these roles, but we'll see it in the draft if they go for a little bit more wide receiver depth, but they're pretty much locked in and three valuable fantasy assets there in Chase Higgins and Boyd, especially with CJ Uzama, as we mentioned, uh, moving on when we broke down our tight end depth charts, he's now part of the Jets, so that helps here as the Bengals move on with Hayden Hurst at that position. All right, let's go to the Browns. Uh, there's some talk about Odell Beckham Jr. returning, not Jarvis Landry. They cut Jarvis Landry. Landry should be settling in somewhere soon. Amari Cooper is their new number one for sure with their new elite quarterback, Deshaun Watson. So assuming Watson is out there and playing and doesn't have any more issues there to get on the field, Amari Cooper is going to be a dominant number one again. I mean, we know 
what Deshaun Watson did for DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. He's going to lock and load with him and produce, and he gets it done in every type of offense. But Amari Cooper had to get out of Dallas. Is getting a bit of crowded for his fantasy football value. He gets a boost here as the Cowboys uh, move on with Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. So Cooper is your wide receiver one here. Donovan Peoples-Jones has had a lot of appeal. He's a bit of a big play threat. Good, well-rounded game to him. So I think he'll be used better here with Deshaun Watson. I do like his big playability at times. So former Michigan uh, product here. So looking at Peoples-Jones has an opportunity here if they don't bring back OBJ. DPJ has uh, some value here for the Browns, especially with the big quarterback upgrade with the arm strength and uh, big playability of Deshaun Watson. Then you have uh, Jakeem Grant in this mix. Yeah, remember him? He's the Dolphins and Bears kind of gadget player. So he's kind of the slot receiver, kind of uh, also a f- former Dolphin like Jarvis Landry, kind of filling in that slot role. You have Anthony Schwartz, who's pretty good speed, had a lot of concussion issues last year. Then really they're looking for answers beyond that because they moved on from Rashard Higgins here. So this is their new look depth chart. So big opportunity for Cooper to dominate targets. Sleepers, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and we'll see if they add to this mix. We know they don't have the first round pick anymore to address wide receiver, but if they can bring back OBJ and round this out a little bit, it's going to be very interesting to see with the Browns. But I do see Amari Cooper with Watson dominating here with targets and being a clear number one for this team, given uh, their tight ends have some limitations here without Austin Hooper anymore and David Njoku being the lead there at that position. The final team we'll talk about in this segment is the Denver Broncos, the Russell Wilson-armed Denver Broncos. A lot of the things that they have here is pretty similar. Jerry Judy's considered the number one because they can move around in different spots. He can play inside and outside. We know that. But Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick are more dedicated number ones. Patrick, don't sleep on him again. This depth chart has Judy and Sutton basically as the guys, but Sutton and Patrick basically in 11 personnel are going to be your outside receivers with Judy working the slot. He's the better route runner of the three. Patrick, I think, is the overall best hands guy and the durability guy of the three. So we'll see how that plays out. But Sutton also has the highest ceiling there when you look at all this because of his size and speed on the outside. So good baseline to work with. I think it's definitely an upgrade from Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater for these three guys. But Again, we, we have to see it kind of click with Russell Wilson. And keep in mind, in Seattle, it was basically two receivers, uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett that went off. But it was a struggle to get wide receivers involved consistently, the Jermaine Curse types and all that. But I think uh, Patrick is going to have more value than people think in relation to Judy and Sutton. He's just Mr. Reliable and Valuable, and he's been more available also than those two guys here the last couple seasons. They moved on from Deshaun Hamilton, but KJ Hamler's still around uh, from... Penn State, he can make some plays here. Is a good complimentary guy. They have Kendall Hinton. Remember him? He started a game at quarterback in kind of a wildcat role. He's still around. They have Seth Williams. And then a name that was hot in fantasy football for a hot minute for the Eagles was uh, Travis Fulgham there. And uh, he's rounding out his depth chart. So Fulgham, we know, has a bit of upside. He kind of fell out of favor with the Eagles there pretty quickly. He just didn't work hard enough. They also replaced him with some other receivers there. So that's who rounds out the Broncos depth chart wide receiver as of this moment before the draft all right we'll get to all our teams in the afc in the segment we'll hit all the nfc wide receiver depth charts tomorrow as well so don't you forget we have a couple more segments here and three more of course tomorrow that's what we do here on locked on fantasy football every day we're almost in april and a lot of us can give up on our new year's resolutions i can be the same way but not this year i've been able to stick to my resolution to eat right thanks to built bar and i'm going to continue to do so all year long 
It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. And you got to try the puffs. If you haven't tried them, you're missing out on one of Bill Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallow, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% chocolate. All Bilt Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Yes, that includes the puffs. The flavors there include yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be some of your new favorites here. And again, 100% real chocolate. And some of the traditional flavors in the classic Bilt Bars include mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. And they're always coming out with new flavors. So think about it. Uh, if there's a flavor you'd like, you can request it. If they think it's going to be good, they're going to make it and make it healthy for you. And just check out the macros on every Built Bar. Go to Built.com and scroll down. You'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories sugar. Or 130 calories, I'll say. 4 grams of sugar. Only 4 grams of sugar. 130 calories of very little sugar. 4 net carbs. 17 grams of protein. So packed with protein. Not a lot of sugar. Very good for you. Not a lot of carbs there. So the 4 and 4 is a nice combination with the only 130 calories. But... Also packed to get you through the day. And bear that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They'll make it taste delicious first, and they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every time. To get it on Built Bar right now, whether it's puffs or traditional bars or whatever you want, go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's uh, continue the show here in a moment. Uh, We'll knock down six more teams here. Three from the AFC South, three from the AFC West as we go alphabetical order throughout by city name to give you updates on the AFC wide receiver depth charts on today's show. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Lockdown NFL, Lockdown experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available like this show wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's uh, continue looking at these uh, depth charts. We're in Houston, and Houston, the post-Deshaun Watson era starts. Davis Mills right now is the starting quarterback. Let's see who's got to work with. Brandon Cooks had a pretty nice year last year with Mills. Uh, good chemistry there early also with Tyrod Taylor. Taylor's moved on to the Giants there to be backup for now for Daniel Jones. Brandon Cooks, ever still in the mix of Texans. He's not moving on. It's back to the three C's, again, for them. Nico Collins has some upside of the Michigan product here on the outside as listed as a starter. Chris Conley returning as well. We talked about the Broncos moving on from Deshaun Hamilton. Well, he's now a member of the Texans. And Philip Dorsett, remember him? The one-time first-round pick there, bounced around between the Colts and Patriots and other teams. He's around here as kind of a flyer, big play threat as their number five. So this is a pretty good situation for Brandt Cooks. I think Collins can get a little bit better here. You look at Conley. Again, he's been just a guy, whether it's uh, with the Chiefs or here. He's got some speed and quickness, but they don't deploy him enough here to give you a lot of fantasy value. So 
Collins is definitely the guy we're looking at that can really improve here. Cooks, always steady producer wherever he's been. We go back to New Orleans and New England and Los Angeles. Uh, he's just going to keep getting it done here with his production. So Cooks is going to be a clear-cut number one. Collins is a bit of a sleeper here right now with Davis Mills for now as the starting quarterback. The Colts have a new starting quarterback. They moved on from Carson Wentz, and they went with a number two, a different number two here that they hope is going to be a better number one. Matt Ryan is a quarterback. So Michael Pittman Jr., that's good for him. And maybe have a better chemistry here with Ryan, who had a good connection with Julio Jones and, and Calvin Ridley. So Pittman, a little bit of Ridley profile with the size, red zone ability, versatility to run different routes, and good hands here. So Pittman really benefits here because it didn't really get going much with Wentz. He's a bit touchdown dependent there, but I think Ryan, it could be better for Pittman overall here in 2022. You also have Paris Campbell. Love the upside of this kid with the speed and quickness. He just has to stay on the field. Another dazzling Ohio State product, so watch out for him. Ashton Doolin has made some nice plays for this team, so let's watch it round out. But definitely this what this tells you is the Colts will be in the market for some Wide receiver help. That's a good market out here in the draft. T.Y. Hilton for now unsigned. So there's still possibility then if they don't like a lot of the way things go down in the draft that he could be back in the mix. But Doolin for right now is number three. Desmond Patman is your number four. Michael Strahan, not to be confused with Michael Strahan, is your number five. And then they have Kiki QT. He left the Triple C company there with the Texans and he's breaking out his own uh, there's also Isaiah Coulter. Those guys have both moved on here. So Kuti trying to hang on here. And uh, maybe he can be a factor here for the Colts and Ryan in 2022. Let's move on to Jacksonville and the Jaguars, the double J's here. They signed Christian Kirk to that ridiculous contract. So right now he's number one on their depth chart, uh, replacing DJ Chark, who uh, coming off that injury has moved on. You look at uh, Marvin Jones, still in the mix here, and Zay Jones, who uh, stepped up for the Raiders a little bit when they had some real bad wide receivers last year. So Kirk and a couple of Joneses, remember it was the Junior, Junior, Junior show with uh, Chark and Jones and LaVisca Chenault yeah, last year. Now Chenault has dropped down to number four right with now with the depth chart. So interesting that they immediately put Kirk and Jones over Chenault. And funny thing to me is I think Chenault and Kirk have similar skill sets here. So, really, the new coaching staff, uh, not into LaVisca Chanel yet. So, he has a lot to prove here. Laquan Treadwell, out of necessity, produced quite a bit for the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence in his uh, rookie season last year. And they have Jamal Agnew, good special teams, hybrid, fullback, running back, their guy at the bottom of the roster. But Christian Kirk does have a good opportunity here with Trevor Lawrence, but we want to see some of the chemistry develop here. And I think it's wide open between the Joneses and Chanel and Treadwell to get in that key target territory for the Jaguars. There, don't forget about Evan Ingram, who we talked about as their tight end acquisition, uh, kind of throwing a wrench into this a little bit, the way that Lawrence is going to approach throwing and targeting his wide receivers in 2022. All right, let's move on to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a notable team. We tease the Chiefs and the Raiders here as having big, big changes. It's not just the Chiefs moved on for Tyreek Hill. They've really tried to uh, stick different guys into the mix here. So they went out and got Juju Smith-Schuster, free agent from the Steelers, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling there, who was out there, and the Packers didn't bring him back. It was a bit of a surprise, given the Packers traded at him. So, what'd you get at Juju? He's best known for being a big slot, can uh, make some decent big plays at times, can line up on the outside as well, but 
he's going to be your top compliment with his veteran route running. You know, he's a veteran. He's still a young guy in this league, but let's put up some nice numbers, a pretty natural hands catcher. So he has a big opportunity here playing with uh, Patrick Mahomes, playing off Travis Kelsey here as right now the default number one. MVS, we know what his profile is. He's that field stretcher trying to make up for some of that. Remember, they also lost Brian, Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson. So really a reboot overall of this wide receiver core, especially at the top. We'll see about Miko Hardman. He's likened himself to Hill quite a bit with his skill set. The Chiefs, remember, drafted him there in the second round as a return and receiving contingency with Tyreek Hill dealing with some stuff and concerns there a few years ago. But Miko Hardman has an opportunity there right now, but he's right now looking at the number three spot in the pecking order and really number four when you have Travis Kelsey in the mix with Juju and MVS. Then you look at Josh Gordon. He's back, and maybe this kind of foreshadowed the Chiefs Moving on from Tyreek Hill, they brought him back on a limited contract, even though he didn't play all that much last year. So Josh Gordon, they're going to give him one more flyer. You also have uh, Cornell Powell. You also have Justin Watson, a former uh, Buccaneer, and Gerard Dieter still holding on to this roster spot. So Watson and Dieter are probably going to be displaced with what happens in the draft here, for sure, and maybe Powell as well. But they got to figure some things out. And So I think it's kind of wide open right now on paper because they went out and got them, Smith-Schuster and... Valdez Scantling are going to have uh, some appeal here working with Mahomes playing off Kelsey. But don't sleep on Hardman stepping into a bigger role here. And Gordon uh, trying to push for a bigger role here as he uh, tries to keep his NFL career alive with the Chiefs. All right, let's move on to the Raiders. Their depth chart has uh, changed dramatically as well. they got Devontae Adams now in the mix. He is your leading receiver here for the Raiders, uh, they made the big trade with the Packers to get him, so that's going to drop down Hunter Renfro a little bit, but still very valuable as a wide receiver 2-3 borderline. Brian Edwards is not going to have much value now behind these two guys who are dominating target, and Darren Waller. So you figure Adams is going to be the new one here in the Fresno State connection with Derek Carr. Waller stays as kind of a 1B, and Renfro stays as a 1C. It's great chemistry with all these three guys, so in, from different forms. Rent, Waller and Renfro from the pros, Adams from college, they think they can rekindle that. So Brian Edwards, probably not going to see too much there. Demarcus Robinson, we mentioned him moving from the Chiefs. Well, he went to the rival Raiders. He's uh, now lining up as their fifth receiver. And they also have Matt Collins. They're uh, formerly of the Dolphins and Eagles as an option for the Raiders as well. So drastic changes after the Henry Dregs III uh, mess last year and the Zay Jones uh, having to be a bigger role target here, but really Renfro and Waller have a third big-time target, and really the new number one here in Adams uh, who will dominate the targets and kind of lower the touchdown expectations of Waller and just in general the receptions and volume and targets here for Renfro. All right, the last team we'll talk about this segment, staying in the AFC West, we're going to look at the Chargers here. They got Mike Williams, we know that, they re-signed a three-year $60 million contract. You have Keenan Allen here still in the mix. So I think Williams has kind of taken over from Allen as the number one. He has great chemistry all over the field, downfield, in the red zone with uh, one uh, Justin Herbert. So he's the number one. They still have Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer. So pretty good depth there. They're going to keep that and have a good way to stretch the field. They just uh, went out and got uh, Gerald Everett at tight end. They also have Joe Reed, a product from Virginia. He rounds it out as their fifth option. But pretty much status quo here for the Chargers uh, with the, what they're doing here with Herbert going forward. And 
they're in really good shape at this position and offensive line protection, uh, running back with Austin Eckler. So, yeah, Chargers are in good shape here. These receivers should keep the beat going on here for their individual production and to help Justin Herbert. All right, we have five more teams from the AFC to talk about, to three more from the east to one from the north and one from the south as we go from Miami Dolphins to Tennessee Titans in our last segment. Before we do that, i got to tell you that this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of mix and models, it is impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on his or her computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to scare. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why do you want to go to Rock Auto first? Well, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store car dealership? Rock Auto prices are going to be reliably low for every customer. You don't have to be an insider or mechanic. If you're doing it yourself or you'll be taken care of here, they have everything you need. I went and found some obscure parts for my Ford C-Max and my Honda Accord. They have uh, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet you can check out. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs only at Rock Auto. Again, uh, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, right locked on to their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Find them at rockauto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, it is uh, time to close the show. Looking at a few more depth charts from the AFC 5 and specific terms here. So let's start with the Miami Dolphins. We know what their big changes as we transition away from the Chiefs. Raiders, they had some big changes here. Well, the Dolphins responsible for that big Chiefs change. Tyreek Hill is your new number one receiver. It's funny because Jalen Waddle, similar skill set with the speed, quickness, versatility, but there's talk with Mike McDaniel turning Tyreek Hill into a Debo Samuel type role. So if there are any concerns about Hill kind of keeping up, I think there are some because Patrick Mahomes, that chemistry, the downfield, big playability, the Chiefs offense. To keep that up here in the Dolphins' offense uh, is difficult with Tua Tagovailoa at quarterback, but McDaniel has big plans for Tyreek Hill as well as Waddle. So Waddle looks in good here with the attention, and he will be more of a wide receiver too with some upside. And we know that he was very solid starter last year as a rookie, came on strong. Hill is going to change things. A lot of attention is going to go on him, so Waddle is going to benefit from that. So good to one-two punch in Hill and Waddle. A lot of speed, a lot of quickness, so good luck in trying to handle both of those guys at the same time if you're a defensive backfield. The secondary will have an easier time with Devontae Parker. He falls to number three, so that means you'll see a lot of interchanging play of Waddle and Hill in the slot with Parker on the outside. So he's still valuable because I think they're going to use 11 personnel for the most part. They'll have some occasions where they'll use a 12 and the two tight ends, but these are the receivers you'll see most here for the Dolphins. Uh, 
Too bad for Cedric Wilson. He was looking good, maybe for a decent role here, but uh, Tyreek Hill in the mix. Uh, Cedric Wilson's basically the receiver he was in Dallas, a depth guy. He's the number four if something were, had to happen to the top three. You have Preston Williams back. Again, similar insurance. And Trent Sherfield had some flashes there in the 49ers offense, so a little bit of a kind of a conduit to understand McDaniel's offense here to uh, help in the passing game. So don't sleep on Sherfield making the team. But right now, your uh, top six, Hill, Waddle, Parker, Wilson, Williams, and Sherfield. We go to New England, and uh, not much has changed here. It's still Jacoby Myers working on the slot is considered their number one. Nelson Aguilar, a little bit of route versatility as well. He's their number two. And Kendrick Bourne put up some nice numbers last year with uh, some borderline wide receiver three value there. So Myers, Aguilar, Bourne, it's tough to trust this uh, trio from week to week when only one or two can produce at a decent level. So, again, it's not changing too much. The Patriots are happy with what they have, but... Watch them going for a wide receiver here in the draft. They have Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and uh, James Williams in, in, in the wheelhouse here. Williams did not play with uh, Mac Jones at uh, Alabama, but Alabama product. You have a guy from the same offense, and then you have him also transferring from Ohio State where Olave and Wilson played. So they could definitely get a receiver here to change the outlook here. Rounding out our, the number four guy, Nikhil Harry. He's kind of faded here. He's just a guy. You have the crossover of Ty Montgomery coming over for the Saints. He's your fifth option then. Your special teams ace, longtime leader of the team, Matthew Slater there. So again, this screams for adding a wide receiver somewhere in the draft for the Patriots. All right, let's uh, look at the New York Jets staying in the division, rounding out and finishing this division. Corey Davis still back and uh, looking like the number one. Elijah Moore, a lot of upside. And Braxton Berrios, pretty valuable last year so. These are the guys that Zach Wilson is going to be trusting and throwing to most. You also have Denzel Mims, who they like a little bit. He's kind of been lost in the shuffle, but that gives them some depth if they stretch the field. But I do like the Davis Moore, Berrios kind of trio here to be their main guys. And don't forget, they have CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin at tight end as well. So a lot of things that can go up there. They also have Jeff Smith still hanging on here as the fifth receiver. So this is good news for Davis and Moore. They stay healthy. They're going to see a lot of targets as well as Berrios here. And and occasional Zama. So I think you might see the Jets trying to recreate a little bit what the, really the Bengals had with Elijah Moore maybe being the Jamar Chase of this situation and uh, Davis uh, trying to settle in there as the T. Higgins and Barrios being the Tyler Boyd. So there's some parallels there playing off the 49ers as well where you might look at uh, this group and have an opportunity to really shine here under Michael Floor, assuming Zach Wilson can stay healthy and connect with his uh, receivers here in 2022. The next thing we'll talk about is the Steelers. Some changes there. It's still Deontay Johnson as their number one as they move on from Ben Roethlisberger. Right now their quarterbacks are Mitchell Trubisky in the lead to be their starting bridge guy to take over from Roethlisberger. We'll see if they draft a rookie early that uh, potentially started day one. They also have Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. So Johnson and Claypool stay as your one-two punch. James Washington no longer in the mix for the Steelers here, Juju Smith-Schuster, as we mentioned, moved on to the Chiefs here. And so they had to change some things behind them. Anthony Miller, remember him? He had a lot of upside coming out of Memphis there for the Bears. Didn't pan out. He moved on to the Texans in the trade. Well, the Steelers are taking a flyer on him as their potential number three. He has some slot potential here. So interesting that he's their number three. But this is good news here for Pat Freerbooth at tight end, seeing a key role, as well as Najee Harris out of the backfield. Because Miller, still work in progress. And again, a little bit questionable with what his role can be. You also have Cody White. I liked him at Michigan State. 
He's in the mix. They also have Gunnar Olszewski, who came over from the Patriots. He's mainly going to be a special teams guy and help in that capacity. Upgraded there for the Steelers, kind of what Ryan Switzer was a few years ago. And Steven Sims, remember him? He was with the Commanders for a while as their default number uh, two receiver at some point behind Terry McLaurin. But right now, you're looking at a depth running out. So Johnson and Claypool and Freemuth right now are in position to dominate targets forever. The starting quarterback ends up being from the in-house options are probably in the lead by far for Trubisky or someone in the draft. All right, let's uh, go to the Tennessee Titans. And uh, A.J. Brown is clearly their dominant number one. He's got a new running buddy. It's not Julio Jones anymore. He moved on. They released and realized it didn't work. So they went after Robert Woods coming off a major knee injury for the Rams. Big trade for the Titans. I mean, this is a legitimate number two who's kind of like a crossover number one here. So that's great news for A.J. Brown deflecting the coverage attention a little bit so they can't all go in and double team Brown and just hope for whatever happens with the other receiver. Woods is legitimately someone you have to care about here. So Nick Westbrook and Hine falls into a better role here as a number three. You also have a Des Fitzpatrick holding on. Racy McMath there and another Hollister, Cody Hollister in the mix for the Titans. But yeah, this is good here for these guys' value with Brown and Woods being the dominant receivers here in this mix. And then you would think you'd pivot to tight end there with Austin Hooper being the next target here for Ryan Tannehill. So good stuff to talk about depth charts, see where we are to know where we're going here in fantasy football and what's going to be happening in the draft, what teams still need to address this position. We kind of wanted to set that table for you too here on the show. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Don't forget, we will break down the NFC current wide receiver depth charts on the next show. Now make your second listen to Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with inside analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. For this edition of Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow breaking down the NFC wide receiver depth charts. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.